Basketball in LA is unmatched. All the opportunities that I've ever been given in my life came from being here in LA. People might think it's cool because, you know, Hollywood, the weather. No, man, it's beautiful out here, but at the same time, it's hardcore. In LA, you can get embarrassed to quit. Los Angeles is the mecca of basketball. I think it's transitioned from the East Coast now to the West Coast. It's a little flashy. Lay back, smooth skills, but at the same time, got a lot of dog. This is Game Behind the Game, a podcast designed to shed light on the individuals that have impacted the basketball culture of the greater LA area. These players, coaches, and trainers have had their own unique impact on the growth of the LA hoop scene, but not the opportunity to share their wisdom and experiences on a greater platform. The goal is to inspire the next generation to do the things that inspire them the most and help create a platform that will impact others by building lasting relationships in the basketball community to show the youth how to navigate the same issues that may have held back previous eras, to build the work ethic and leadership needed to advance their basketball careers, and most importantly, to motivate and stimulate the personal development of players inside and outside of their athletic identity. Doubt is something that could destroy any basketball career no matter how accomplished you've become. It can take you from your pinnacle to your most difficult moment of your career. But how do you push through doubt when you've constantly been told that you aren't good enough? So my name is Desmond Beristain, 26 years old. And what got me into basketball? So (laughs) it's kind of funny. I actually used to play soccer. So I was like, I wanted no part of basketball. Then one day in elementary school, my friend started showing me those and one mixtapes. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I was all about like, all right, how am I gonna be cool, you know, now and what's next? So we used to play like card games, soccer. Then he started showing me these and one mixtapes. He's like, look, man, hot sauce and the between the leg and the dude is like, you know, dancing with the ball and all that craziness. And I was like, dude, street ball, man, street ball. So it was like, kind of our joke, but we would. We were being street ball players. So street ball, like elementary. So I never was shooting or nothing. We'd just dribble around and try to do the tricks. Um, then when I moved to Sherman Oaks, I had this crazy neighbor. And he was like obsessed with basketball. Little kid, Jamal. Jamal okay. McClurkin. That was my neighbor. No way. Wild boy. So he would always come over and be like, oh, Desi, come play ball. Come play ball. I'm like, oh, come on, man. So I was like, all right, I'm a year older than this guy, sure. So I would go over his house. And I never played ball. He always played ball. But I would school him all the time. And I'm just a competitor, a natural competitor. So whether it was soccer, whether it was card games, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And um, so whatever it is, I try to be the best that I can be at it. So once I started getting into this basketball, living across from from, uh, Van Nuys Sherman Oaks Park, VNSO, going up there, and I just learned, damn, this is like the new way of getting respect. Out here, it's like, it's not about the best Yu-Gi-Oh card anymore. It's about, like, who can ball. So throughout middle school, I was just kind of aware of it, started watching basketball. But I didn't start uh, playing an official league until I was 14. Freshman in high school, dude. Oh, wow. I had never played in any official basketball league. That's not late. Like, most people think that's like a a late bloomer type thing. Yeah. Like, North, what was it? North Weddington. Just the, the, the league that you sign up, like I'm paying and so I'm gonna play, like that league. 
So I played in ninth grade, um, and I was like, this is cool. And I tried out for Birmingham High School. I was thinking, you know, back then I was, I had the mindset of like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm six foot on my good days. Back then I was just like a kid, just, you know, I had a size 12 shoe. I'm like, I'm gonna be six, seven, blah, 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 blah. I watch, you know, Carmelo, you watch these guys and you just think like, you're just gonna naturally be like them. You're gonna wake up one day and be like them. So I tried out for Birmingham High School, uh, freshman team as a, as a ninth grader and straight up got cut, man. Came home, I was like devastated. I was crying, I was hurt, but I was also like determined, determined that the people that cut me were wrong. I was like, yo, they're wrong. You, have to go out there, okay. you know what I mean? Okay. So that's when it kind of started and that's when I started developing this this kind of maniacal obsession with like getting better at basketball. It wasn't even about like, it, it, it's just I wanted to see, I knew that I could get better and a lot better. And I knew that the people around me weren't gonna outwork me. So I was like, you know what? Fine, maybe they're ahead of me right now. But every other second that they're not training, I'm gonna start training. So then next year when it comes, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna catch up and they're gonna see that they made a mistake. And not only that, but now here I am. So, yeah, I kind of, but I got into basketball through streetball, man. And one, and one, shout out to the professor. Remember all that? <laughs> you tune in and you're like rooting, like, go professor, like, oh, classic. cross him up. That's classic. <laughs> okay, so up until the point, okay, so starting with ninth grade, what is your basketball timeline until now? All right, cool. I really like telling this story because to me, it's, it's an embarrassing story. You know, it's like, I try to just be truthful with it. So ninth grade got cut, was crying, but then I was like, you know, whatever. I'm gonna work, work, work so hard. Did that, um, came back sophomore year, made the, the sophomore team. For me, I was like, yeah, sophomore team, I'm on, baby. Put that jersey on me, Get, I'm on the bus now. Like, where are we going? We're going to Grant <laughs> sophomore, let me go ball them up. Got my Jordan 21s at the time thinking I'm the next Dwayne Wade, you know? And, and really, it's all mindset, dude, because if you, in your head, I'm, I thought I was the next Dwayne Wade. Like, that's what people would call me, D-Wade. I'm not even on varsity. I would see varsity um, walk by, the six-foot-seven dudes, and damn, there goes varsity, but I just thought I was next in line. So I guess one of the themes of this is you got to kind of be somewhat delusional anytime you want to be successful. So anyway, play sophomore year. You know, get better, starting to make shots, feeling good, building confidence. Um, junior year comes, I have a girlfriend, and she's like a, a basketball star, right? She's like a sophomore on varsity, killing it, right? And here I am, like, trying to make varsity, don't make varsity. I'm a junior, and I'm on JV, right? But there was some glory, glorious times. It, I mean, I didn't want to quit. You know, I'm starting to play AAU ball. I'm just wanna, I just want to get better. Um, that junior year, we actually went into Taft when Taft was like that team, and we beat them, man. So JV, humbling, humbling. I mean, your girlfriend's playing varsity, you're JV captain, you know, but end of the day, getting better. Um, then senior year came, and that's when it, it kind of started all coming together, where I managed to, to crack the team, and I, I was actually, I actually became the captain. So kind of separated myself, because I had a 4.0 GPA. So they were called me 4.0, coach made me the captain. And at the time I wasn't really an offensive threat. I was more like get in the game, energy, defense, you know, hit the open shot, hustle, throw your body around, whatever it is. 
Um, so that's what happened. So then I hit the crossroad of like, all right, well, you don't have any scholarship offers, um, but you love basketball. At this point, that's all it was. Like, ball is life. That's it. Like, I'm in the gym. At the time, my parents were both working jobs, so I never really saw them that often. So it was like the gym was my home, and that's it. Um, days like today, when it's raining, it's like I'm in the gym. You know, when everyone's playing Xbox, I'm in the gym. So I hit that point where it was like, all right, dude, do you want to go to like Pepperdine or Irvine just for, for academics? Or do you want to continue your basketball career and go to a prep school? So I was like, you know what, that's what I want to do. So I was working with BTI at the time. Shout out to Robert Eichhart. It's my dude right there. Um, and they kind of cater to athletes who have higher, who have an academic background. So in the regular playing field, you know, with like division one athletes, all right, I'm just like this average player, right, in the high school scheme. But in terms of like the 3.5 and up GPA, I'm like a, well, an academic All-American. So that opened doors. So after high school, I actually did a prep school year at New Hampton School, which is in the East Coast. Now, shoot, man. Let me tell you, the East Coast, they, they can ball, man. They have factories out there. So I went out there and um, 10 Division I players on, on a team. You know, and you have, this, you have this kid from Cali coming out there in shorts. It's damn near negative two outside, thinking that he's going to ball. So that was another awakening, dude. So I went to prep, third week of prep school, I'm, I'm playing against literally the best players I've ever played against. So I have no choice but to elevate my game, break my ankle, waking up, training at 5 a.m. With, with players, fall on someone's ankle, literally break my ankle. So go through that. Once again, you wanna keep going, what do you wanna do? I'm staying with it. Um, recovered, came back, played on team B which is another humbling experience, dude. Like, at, at the prep school level, there's Team A and Team B. Mm -hmm. Team A is like, everyone's D1. Team B, it's funny, because it's like, you can still get a couple D1 players, D2 and D3, so it's still high level. Um, so I came back, played that, played there, had actually some Division three schools recruiting me, University of Chicago, Occidental, which is like, cool, that's high academic. But me, honestly, in my heart, I was like, yo, man, I want to be, when you're young, you're like a little more naive. We had this saying, it was like D1 or D none. <laughs> you know D1 that, right? Or D none, bro. So we're like, D, like, what is this? You know, like, Occidental. Like, I don't even, I can't even say the damn name of the school. That's when you know I can't go there. So I wanted to go D1 and I wanted to go Ivy League. I was actually getting recruited by Cornell. And so I actually felt like this is going to work. Um, it was a, a month after applications were due and they were recruiting me like, hey, it's fine. Like you have the grades, like this is gonna work. <laughs> Coincidentally that year, they go to the Sweet 16 or did, I don't know if it was Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, but they went so far. They lost to like Kentucky when they had like John Wall and. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that was oh, was that oh eight? It was like oh nine. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. then the head coach got a job at Boston College and pretty much when that happens, it's like, Anyone that was promised a scholarship, you're done. <laughs> so at that time, I was like, shoot, what do I do? Um, okay, so I came back to, L uh, to L.A. And my friend was like, hey, play junior college. So I was getting recruited by a couple of junior colleges. Um, one of them, Jeremy Lin's high school coach, just got a, a job as, uh, as a head coach of a community college. And he was recruiting me up north. But once again, young kid, in love. My girlfriend's going to Moore Park. 
So I'm like, you know, I'm going to Moore Park too, trying to do this whole loving basketball thing. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to any of that, you know. As long as you pave out the right path and, and you do what you gotta do, anything's possible. Um, so I went to Moore Park, and at Moore Park, basically, bunch of dudes. They brought in like 25 good players, and you're competing every single day. And I mean, 25 players, only five on, on the court at one time, you know. I was in that second, third tier. So ended up riding the bench. Another tough decision where it's like, dude, what do you want to do? You want to stay playing ball? And um, luckily my trainer, so my trainer, he's five foot seven. He played on the Canadian national team. His name's Kingsley Costain. Played for Pepperdine, Division One. Played for Concordia. So he defied a lot of odds. So one thing I will say is like, when you're on any type of journey, you need to surround yourself around people who will push your limits and also like, like who have overcome things, you know? You need those sources of inspiration and support because man, when you're not playing, any basketball player will say, when you're not playing, it doesn't matter even if you're getting paid millions of dollars, if you're not playing, like, it's kind of a dark place. It doesn't matter, like, because we're basketball players. Like, this is what we love to do. So I was in a dark place because for a year and a half, and at this point, I'm 20 years old, and I felt like I had devoted the last six, seven years to nothing but basketball. Like, Valentine's Day, I'm in the gym. Like, girlfriend's mad because I'm in the gym. Like, that's my date. I'm sorry, you know? And, um... Basically, he just kept telling me one thing. What you want and what you're looking to do is beyond college. It's beyond Moore Park. It's beyond, you know, not playing this game. It's beyond, it's just bigger than what you're, right now, what you see. You know, um, luckily for me, I did know that my mom is uh, Filipina and my dad was Mexican. So I knew like going into basketball, like, you know what, there's gonna be opportunities I have later that people that are, are really gonna be priceless because right now, sure, you know, everyone's, it's college. So it doesn't matter, you know, um, you don't need a dual citizenship, but there will be a time when these doors open for me, when they're closing for everyone else. So that's when I stuck around. Um, and that's when I actually, started playing in some adult leagues uh those what was it called those like asian leagues <laughs> so i was playing in that just to like just to like keep my sanity like at least i'm gonna be braun i'm gonna be lebron in this league right and then actually i get a an email from like an agent in the philippines he's like hey man you know you're filipino i know you're not playing much in the states but you come out here and we've seen your videos you know seen you dunking working out work ethic like you can have a career out here. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you know what? These opportunities don't come come that often. And when they do come, you gotta jump on them. So two weeks later, I'm in the Philippines. And that was like start of a new world. And let me say, man, Philippines, pff, I mean, stop me anytime, but dude. You roll, completely can't <laughs> say whatever you want. Okay, yeah, basketball in the Philippines is like, I, I just think about it and it's like, I'm speechless, dude. Like, it's crazy out there. Like, there's Bieber out here. Like, one time after a game, it literally took us 50 minutes to get to the bus because of interview um, interviews, uh, what are they called? Autograph signings. Autographs, pictures, all that. It, it's crazy. Like, and this is college basketball. Like, they wanted me to play for the top universities out there. So I went out there and I was playing for University of the East. Um, 
and you're playing in like staple center arenas like where rihanna does her concerts and all that and they're they have drum teams so it's like you're playing you hear like do 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 drummers you hear it's just crazy man but going out there and i was like yo i need a piece of this you know thank goodness i never quit because now look what I, i'm i'm in this position where it's like you know now the lights on me and i'm getting to play and everything that i kind of had to trick my mind into believing is actually happening now like when i wasn't playing and i was on the bench and you know after the game i come out and no one wants to talk to me because i didn't do anything you know at, at junior college level while my best friend so rewind to junior college this is the situation your best friend who you grew up with who got you into basketball is the star player of the team and he's killing it your girlfriend at the time is the star player of the women's team and she's killing it and you're on the bench and you're not even playing that's what's going on for two years it's crazy dude man and you're training like three times a day and you're like now you're just losing your mind because now people are thinking like something's wrong with that guy man he's just working 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 he's not playing what the hell is he doing like i literally had my ex-girlfriend's dad say like what doesn't he understand he sucks you know and i had to like be like what doesn't he understand like i'm gonna make it man that's it like there's a part of this where you you have to wield the universe you know like and, and make things happen, you know, and, and have that firm belief. So anyways, I'm in the Philippines now, and now it's flipped. Like, now I'm a, a superstar, a celeb. Like, Twitter's blowing up, Facebook's blowing up. You're getting these pictures, all that, right? So you have to keep your, your mindset focused on ball, though. And now it's a different world because now, you know, yes, it's top-level university, but there is a lot of stuff going on, man, money and, and you know, uh, politics. You have to win. Now it's different, right? Where like you play in a league and win or lose, you, you you go home and you sleep in your bed and this and that. Here you're in another country, man. If you lose, you could be on the plane like ASAP. <laughs> so I had to train my mind now. And it's cool though, because as you progress, there's milestones, right? So take notice of the gems and as you move forward, be thankful. So even though I didn't play in high school i still was a captain academic all-american grades were high still got to move forward even though i didn't get to play in prep school i broke my foot and then i came back hey i'm still getting exposed to like top competition in in the country for high school like half of those guys well all of them are playing overseas now you know and a couple of dudes in the league are, are nba and you know then moving forward junior college like you're still playing collegiately you're a college athlete you know and then now you're overseas. So even though the story wasn't like picture perfect and it wasn't glorious and I wasn't smiling the whole way, you're still moving forward, right? So it's like fall forward, man. Every time you're taking hits, yeah, but you're falling forward. So um, now Philippines, you know, enjoying it. Um, politics, you know, had to train my mind really to make every shot. Cause it was like, dude, if you miss like, it doesn't matter. There's people that have dropped 40 points, lost, and it's like, hey, man, you know, it's not enough. It's a ruthless, a different game. So Philippines, there was some politics. I actually ended up coming back for a little bit, and I hit that crossroads. So I'm 21 now. I had the experience of overseas. Like, I could walk away right now and and at this point say, like, I'm an overseas player, you know, and, and think I'm, I'm cool, whatever. 
but the thing is in the back of my head like dude I always I had that question like I was home for three four months and every day before I would go to bed I always had that question like well, what if I go back like what if I go back and I think when it comes to anything career-wise like yeah we're talking about basketball but when you have that question dude it's just gonna haunt you until you you I didn't I wasn't gonna be like I'm, I don't want to be 30 and look back and be like I should have just went back so I was like I'm going back for sure like I have to go back so I went back and I was in the Philippines for another year and this was a totally different experience because I'm traveling from island to island now so playing playing ball teaching kids giving back that's a huge part of basketball giving back you know so we're holding clinics you know kids don't even have shoes but they still want to learn how to play you know so those are little blessings and whatever I could do like on Sundays I'll be like you know what I'm just gonna walk find a basketball court and whoever's there I'm hooping with them so that they know that this is real like the dude you see on TV like you're gonna see him like he's real he's your real friend like you know and I think as human beings sometimes we we take that for granted you know we need to we have a responsibility to like emit positivity you know and and, and be that light because like you said like even you reaching out to me for this podcast like I wouldn't have known unless I shared my story you know and so there could be someone else who and I hope there is that hears this and and I can positively help them out even if it's one thing that I say you know that's awesome um so Philippines politics but I'm still enjoying it and uh at this time I'm like you know you get older and when you are a professional now <laughs> sorry to say but you know money isn't is in the equation you know you're thinking about like I skipped out on college I left early I left college early so I didn't have the, a, a four-year degree behind me so now you're thinking of other things well what's going to happen long run am I going to stay in the Philippines for the rest of my whole life um, do I want to go somewhere else if I come back to the states what am I going to do so at the time um, I, I came back to the states to play in some summer pro leagues and that, that was great building contacts and knowing that I had the Mexican blood in me <laughs> and I wanted to play in Mexico um, we went down that route so reached out and at this time, you know, as a basketball player, it's like a survival game, right? So with me coming back to the States and saying, well, maybe I can still get a degree, I was actually looking into Division IIs because Division I, I wouldn't be eligible, but Division II, I would be eligible. So I was going down to Georgia, Columbus State, looking at different schools, and um, that was an opportunity, right? But when you're at that crossroads again, it's, it's basketball is just such a tricky world, man. So I've politics with the Philippines, come back to the States, you're looking into college, and I, actually it's like I wasn't even getting that much love. I'm like, how is this coach not offering me right now if he knows I played in the, you know, in the Philippines, if he's see, seen my work ethic? The coach literally told me that he's like, do this drill. I want to see you make 12 three-pointers in one minute. Like literally shoot the three, make it, run, make it, get the rebound, run to the three, make it, right? So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I came back home from that visit, and I'm thinking like, I'm gonna do this, send it to him, and then he's gonna offer me. So I, I go home, and literally three days into it, I, I, I do it, I go to the gym, 5 a.m., and I record it, and I have a video, it's like, you know, 12 threes in a, in a minute, just rebounding, run to the three, boom, shoot, rebound, run to the three, shoot. And I sent it to him, and then he still didn't offer me. So at this point, I'm like, damn, dude, so Philippines, I'm in a political kind of battle where it's like, uh, there's, it's, it's a headache, you know. Um, 
I don't want to be playing for free, you know? It's like, and when I say free, it doesn't mean like totally free. It's just, you know, you're covering your expenses, but you need it's to make a living. supporting you. Yeah. Exactly. You got to move forward. Like we're, we're getting older, um, something you need to consider. So it was either go back to the Philippines. It was either try to find a school and I'm scrambling now. This is like November, you know? Um, and I remember vividly what happened. Uh, whenever I need answers, go to the gym. So I'm in the gym playing and <laughs> playing a pickup game and we lost somehow. Like I had, like we lost. And I remember like at the time, like just being frustrated, like everything in one was just hitting me. And I literally went to the sideline and I never do this. Well, all right, I'll never admit it on camera. <laughs> but I literally went to the side and like, I literally cried for like 45 minutes. Like I, I was like, I give it, I've given everything to this game. And at every level, why is there always something that happens? Like, why is there always something that happens? Why can't this just be, work out? And I was crying, man, bawling. And then after I was like, picked my stuff up, went home. And I, I, I kid you not, dude, literally one week later, I just kept working, phone call. And it's like from Mexico and in Spanish, you know, we'd like to invite you to come play for our, our team in Mexico. A league starts in two weeks. We'll pay for your flight. We'll give you this salary, and we would, we would like to have you play for us. And I was like, like wow, like yes, yes, I will tell you know I'm ready. And then next thing I know, I'm I'm in Mexico, dude. And shoot, man, that was a dream come true. Cause for me, like, just working so hard, and like people always saying, no, you can't, no, you can't. Like, what is he doing? Why are you wasting your time? And then for it to actually work. Honestly, at that point, and I guess we could even save this for later, but at that point, I was like, damn, well, if, if everyone lied to me about this, what else are they lying to me about? Like, what else is possible? So at that point, it's like, now I'm playing basketball in Mexico, which Mexico has a huge basketball following, you know? So it's, it's great. Um, and it's crazy because now I'm playing against dudes. It's like, oh, that guy averaged 20 at, you know, University of South Florida. That guy was at San Diego State, the star. And I'm like, shit, I don't know who he is, man. I don't know who that guy is. I just know that, you know, I just dropped 20 on him. We won. We're good. All right, let's just move forward, you know. But it's cool, like, at that juncture, you know. Now people are reaching out to me. Hey, can you help me get into Mexico? Hey, can you help me get into, out to the Philippines? And I think that's great. And, um, you know, so I, I, I was playing in... This was 2015, so I'm 23 now, and I had three years of overseas experience behind me. And I started playing basketball at 14. So this is within a decade, and this is hard work. You know, I, you know, like a lot of nights of not partying, a lot of nights in the gym, early mornings, two a days, three a days. You know, there's only a handful of people doing three a days. You know, and and at the time it was like, you got to be in a handful and taking care of your body. So, um, but with that in mind that's when I started transitioning into like the next path of my life, which was the whole like, what else is possible? You know, and then that's when I decided to transform everything I learned on the court, you know, into another realm, into the business world. And that's where I am now today, have a business going on, and but I still do training um, and I train and, and I feel like, it's funny because I just did the straight Craigslist training, dude. I put ads on Craigslist. Hey, you want to train with a professional athlete? And people hit me up and I think, what worked and how I was able to resonate so well with people as a trainer was just the fact that I like I've been through it and I'm just going to tell you the truth and what it is and like what worked for me and you know and not sugarcoat things so 
Yeah, that's kind of that's up big. until now, man. That's big. Yeah. Because like people really need the truth when it comes to it. People always sugarcoat stuff like that, and that's real. Yeah. Um, hmm. One more thing, actually. Oh, go ahead, man. So, because it, it's funny, like you know, as human beings, we grow, right? When we were, when we were teammates at Moore Park, it, it was like all about the picture. Like everyone wanted that picture in the jersey. Everyone wanted that picture in the jersey, and then everyone wanted that overseas picture. I remember it was like that phase. Instagram started coming out, and everyone wanted that like overseas. Like, damn, like that dude's overseas. Like he has that IG picture. Yep. There comes a point, but there does come a point like after you get that picture and you work so hard for that picture, where you're like, all right, like, is this picture worth like, like, you do need to make a living as well you know and then you start to see like all right this picture like it take it's taking a lot and then that's when you have to kind of decide moving forward when it's your profession like how much juice is worth the squeeze and and whatnot and then um just knowing that what you're doing there is an expiration date on it so you know it is something to be you just start changing and manifesting and then moving on to the next phases but Dude, basketball has done so much for me. I was able to travel, experience life, and and share, um, just share joy of life, you know. And, and, and it's awesome. What, what man. would say? What would you say is the was the most difficult moment of your career? Most difficult moment. Whoo! <laughs> now looking back at it, it's like there's so many moments. But I really think it's funny because, like, I thought I transitioned into the next period of my life after hitting making it pro so that wasn't even the most difficult for me like because i was at peace at that time i had known that i had went back um the most difficult part would was the this oh man good question huh shoot dude <laughs> i think i think it was that time when i cried man because I felt like I had given everything. Like, I tried every way possible. Like, I went to the Philippines, lived out there two years, you know, and got cracked, got opportunities. I mean, I had got on planes. I got embarrassed, too. Like, I had done it, made it, and seen it, like, get taken away from me, too. Like, I was playing in the Philippines, professional. We traveled to Taiwan. I remember what happened. We played in this big-time tournament, televised everything. Everyone's tuned in. It's funny because we're, we're in China and I have this Chinese tattoo and it says success. So like the cameras are like zooming in and all that. And I remember I turned the ball over two times in a row. Um, I don't know if this was like meant to be or what, but like I turned it over two times in a row and that was like my coach was off me, done. And that was it. And it was like, boom, like that's how easily this could be taken away from you. We, we won the game and it was still like two turnovers. Like, no, like done. So I think the hardest part was having to persevere when I felt like I had given the game everything. Like I played in the pro leagues, I, everything, and, and the opportunity hadn't come. And at that point, it was like you could quit, you know, but just like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. I just I feel. And then when that phone call happened a week later, it was like, dude, you could have just dropped off and, and moved. To be honest, I had, I had enrolled in school, like back in school. So I was in school when I got the call. And then I, I was like, damn, you know, and I, I actually spoke to my professor and I was like, hey, man, like I got this phone call and it was to play ball. And I know I just enrolled back in school. And the professor told me, like, well, how many opportunities in life are you going to have to be on someone's team? You know, where school, it, it will be there for you. You can come back, you know, and, and that's when I was like, all right. And then I was gone. 
So, but I was already enrolled in school, like ready to like, all right, Des, you're just gonna have to, you know, move, figure it out, you know. But um, that was tough, but you overcome and that's dope. Now I'm smiling, man. So, would you say what was your most memorable moment? Was it when you got that phone call? My most memorable moment. Yeah, your most memorable basketball moment. Dude. I think it was the Philippines, man. It was like getting there and seeing how serious basketball was out there. Like I went to the game and, and literally like the drum teams beating on drums, like it's for a college game. I'm like, holy smokes, man. A stable center packed. People are like diehard fans. Like I wanted to be a part of that so bad. I was like, dude, leave me here. Like I don't even know where I am right now. Now I remember when my mom left. It's funny, like my mom dropped me off in the Philippines and then went home. It's so like when she left and I remember sitting in like staring at the ceiling like what did I just do? Like I am literally I don't even know how many miles away from home, 14 hour time difference and like we have 4 a.m. practice. So what did I just do? And I remember like <gasps> freaking out a little bit and then just like, you know what? This is it, man. This is life. This is a moment with God. Every moment, you know, when you're on your path and on this journey and you, you feel it in your heart, like every moment is a moment with God. So, you know, it is what it was. So, if, what advice would you give your younger self? My younger self, man, <laughs> let's just say, uh, probably the advice that I should still take now, like don't take everything too serious, you know? <laughs> I would like, I, I would have like, you know, a game where I missed a couple shots and just be thinking about those two shots that I missed as opposed to like thinking about the positives, yes. you know? Yes. I was like, why? I missed that. I could have, I, I had a game. I, it's like, you could have had 40. It's like, you had 30. You could have had 40. It's like, dude, just, you know, learn, have patience. It, it takes time. Everything's a process. It takes time, you know, be at peace with it. And um, that's, that's kind of the way to go with things, dude. Because how, how many things in life happen that are unexpected? It's not like you, you get a text in the morning that says, hey, all right, get, start preparing for this. You know, so I would just say be patient, dude, and, and uh, be at peace with it. You know? Okay. Um, big question. If you could sum up your career in one word, what would it be? In one word. Let's see. If I could sum up my career in one word. <clears throat> I would say I want to say two. <laughs> How about this, man? How about I damn, I wish I could just give you my mantra. You, you can give me you can give me two. Two. And you can give me your mantra. Alright, so the two words are firm belief. Because that that's literally the only thing that's gonna get you through everything. Like <laughs> Throughout all the negativity, people saying, no, you can't. You just have to really believe. Like, I woke up thinking, like, no, like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. You know? And, um, <laughs> like, when it all came, when it all happened, I was like, wow. Like, my mind was, like, it wasn't like I was surprised. I just felt so good. Like, dude, I, I said it was going to happen. And now it's, like, a fact. It's a fact. So you need a firm belief because you will get tested. Like if you love something that much and, and, and you're that committed and, and in your heart, that's what you feel, you're going to have to overcome tests and hurdles. So uh, that's, that's what it is, man. And uh, yeah, 
there's a little little mantra that I say every day and you know I kind of advice to, to send out if I could say one last thing you know like, oh, you're, this is it man you're out this is your last message to the world um, it would just be to uh, be thankful for for each day is a blessing um, for the people you love work hard for your passion continue to create for your dreams manifest reality for this life, this one life, show gratitude. Um, I would say wield the universe and let positivity shine for the mind is infinite and opportunity is now. You know, so I say that every day because I feel like that just encompasses what this is all about, you know? It's not just about you. Just be thankful to be here. Do what you do for the people you love, you know? Shine that light. You know, show gratitude, and every day is an opportunity. So, you know, for real. super stoked, and I wish, you know, if I could help any hoopers out, it's basketball is is, is a metaphor for life, man. There's gonna be ups and downs. It's, it's gonna be, you know, times where you gotta defend, get on the offensive, whatever it is, you know. But uh, ultimately, you gotta learn and just apply dude and, and, and switch up the realm right right now I'm, I'm i'm a businessman now but i'm still trying to score you know <laughs> score points get assists get rebounds you know just they just look a little different <laughs> just look a little different <laughs> um last question would be what does la basketball mean to you la basketball man it's so funny because when you're when I was in the East Coast, they used to think of LA as like oh soft, like you guys are always on the beach and you guys are just like surfer boys or whatever. But now it's so awesome to see like LA basketball really explode, right? Like, dude, Kawhi, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, like those are all superstars in the NBA, you know? Paul George, like all these LA dudes, you know, and this is, that's NBA. And then it trickles down, like the Drew had so much notoriety, you know, and, and it still does. And then, then you have just people, the universities. I mean, LA is, is a basketball mecca, you know, and um, there's so many stories. And I feel like, you know, it's awesome and an honor to be on this podcast because you're not just highlighting the stories that everybody knows, you're highlighting the stories that, you know, you people didn't know, but they want to hear, you know? And so that's awesome, man. So LA's, yeah, it's, it's basketball central. You know, I know New York and all that, but hey, LA has proven that it's one of the premier stomping grounds for basketball in this on this planet. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you have someone in mind that has a story that you think should be heard, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Game Behind the Game and leave us a message. If you have any questions or comments, email us at gamebehindthegame at gmail.com. In the meantime, help spread the word to anyone that you think may enjoy and or benefit from this podcast. And if you haven't yet, go to either Apple or Spotify podcast to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Your input and experiences are what keep us going.